Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Merge Boot Podcast. It seems today that all you see is the mass Singer on TV and mass Singers in movies. But where's a good old-fashioned podcast to talk about those movies? I'm Joel Edmiston. I'm Cody Crane. And I'm Chris Locke. And we have one thing in common. We want to talk about Halloween Resurrection. Hey, everybody. It's us, the Merge Boot uh, uh, duo with special guest Chris Locke. Hi, Chris. Oh. Thanks for coming oh. on to talk about um, uh, Busta Rhymes um, uh, film masterpiece cinema mm. changing um, movie Halloween Resurrection. For our new listeners, we were a Survivor podcast and then uh, Survivor's been away for a while. So we started podcasting about The Masked Singer. And uh, Buster Rhymes was unmasked a few weeks ago, so I thought to myself, "What it with the Halloween um, times upon us? What a g- great opportunity to discuss Buster Rhymes' Halloween movie, Halloween Resurrection." And I thought, I don't know why I thought, but I thought, you know, who would be a great guest to talk about this movie is Chris Locke. So, Chris, thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. I think Buster Rhymes produced this movie because he's got all the best lines in it. Uh, um, apparently, he he wrote all his dialogue. That's what I read. <laughs> That's funny if kidding. you guys know the dialogue. <laughs> Trick or treat, motherfucker. Yeah, happy Halloween, motherfucker. Um, can I ask you, what do you mean he was unmasked a few weeks ago? Like he went somewhere without a mask on? <laughs> well... <laughs> Kind of. He went to the set of the Mass Singer and sang. Oh. He was first out. Yeah, he was the first one out. Yeah, he was. He he did a great performance. He uh, he rapped for it, right? And Mm -hmm. he he killed it because he's Busta Rhymes. And then he got out by who turns out to be Brian Austin Green rapping. So I guess Brian Austin Green's a better rapper than Busta Rhymes now. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think so. (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't uh, sit right with me. Holy moly. I don't watch The Masked Singer, you know? Like, I don't, I really don't want to watch it. It feels um, like uh, some sort of uh, dystopian television mm-hmm. entertainment thing from like The Running Man or The Hunger Games or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, what makes it so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm it, sure. It, it, it is, should be like prisoners under the mask. <laughs> right? It should be like prisoners or slaves under the mask and then 
Once you well, get unmasked, when, you also get beheaded or something. <laughs> when Mickey Rourke, when Mickey Rourke uh, uh, was unmasked a few weeks ago, it felt like he was a prisoner. Like he was like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Where am I? Who are these people? Also, with Mickey Rourke, uh, it, I don't want to offend him because he's a big tough guy. That uh, who did he say he'd fight? Like mm-hmm. Robert De Niro or something? <laughs> but like Sean Penn. Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't mind that. Um, it's mm-hmm. Mickey Rourke, though, even when you take a mask off of him, you're like, okay, now take the other one off. Yeah, where, what? who's this? <laughs> what is this? He, well, yeah, he has uh, um, a, less, a more leathery face than uh, Leatherface leather himself, but also uh, um, Michael Myers. You're right. Who is in Halloween Resurrection? Are you trying to bring it yeah. back? No, I'm going to knock it off course again because <laughs> I want to say that I used to make up excuses for Mickey Rourke, because I loved him in the 80s and stuff. Barfly? But, yeah, and uh, all, Diner and all kinds of great flicks. Mm-hmm. And then um, I would be like, well, he got in a motorcycle accident, and he does boxing as well, so his face has taken a beating. But then on top of that, I don't think so. I think he's also done his own unnecessary plastic surgery. Doesn't doesn't sort of seem like that? Oh, yeah. For yeah, sure. I think also drinking and smoking and doing lots of drugs and doing all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like does shit to your face yeah you gotta live a healthy life man what's with him looking uh dressing so much like johnny depp why do they want to is this a style or are they just it's just those two yeah i think it's kind of like a version of a 80s 90s hollywood print sort of style that you uh, like aspire to yeah well now but the mass singer the mass singer is sort of ripping off their costumes for their elaborate costumes for their characters mm-hmm. too yeah like johnny depp used to just put a giant eggshell over his head or like a banana <laughs> head <laughs> well what if on what if on next season they're like who's under the johnny depp mask <laughs> mickey depp rourke is, is back again like mickey rourke just keeps going on the show <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Rourke keeps going on the show until he's surgically been transformed into Johnny Depp. <laughs> well, he's just he's he never left the set. He's still wandering around there, so they might as well just put keep putting masks on him. <laughs> yeah. He's like, come back um, here and fight me, you giant banana. So Cody, um, did you um rewatch the movie? I know you watched the movie last week, but we, no, we, I didn't. I didn't rewatch it again. Like, how many times do you want me to watch this movie in a week? I know, but you did <laughs> jump the gun when you watched it last week. I watched it a little bit early, but I can remember a movie that I watched last week. I'm not going to watch it again. All right, then you do the honors of uh, describing the plot. Oh God, that's mean. Look at what he's no, done. I, I think. It, I, I just want to know that you can remember the movie. Oh, Joel over here, fresh in his mind, wants to call me out. It's going to be every little detail I say. Well, guess what, Joel? I got this. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I believe it's about two novelists going on a plane together. <laughs> Cody always thinks it's about a book. There's always a book in every movie he describes. He thought Hubie Halloween was about a, an author. Yeah, I, I, think <laughs> I think that was the R.L. Stein story. 
Um, but this is uh, um, uh, Busta Rhymes is creating a reality show by uh, mm-hmm. putting all another of the reason. Another reason I wanted to talk about it on this podcast because of the reality show thing and how we talk about reality shows and stuff. And reality shows were like clearly just getting hot around that time. Mm-hmm. Like it's figures into the plot so like blatantly. It's yeah, it's reality shows and the Blair Witch Project. I think they were just like, we need to capitalize on this. And also a really like ham-fisted, corny commentary on like exploitation in reality. Yeah. No. Oh, they have their cake and eat it too at the end, certainly. Yeah. Um. Anyway, All right. uh, okay, go, Cody. Go ahead, Cody. How long do you think you guys could actually watch a reality show that's coming from their cameras that were on their person? Because like it oh, was God. unwatchable. You couldn't see anything that was happening. It didn't there were happen. two locations in the movie. There was the Michael Myers haunted house location with everybody, yeah, wearing like body cams on their head. And then there was a room full of teens going, look out. <laughs> yeah. That were the two they- locations for the whole movie. And yeah, those teens would not stop partying to watch that. <laughs> I, I was so they were drinking, you know, booze. Yeah. <laughs> I was so frustrated watching people watch the movie I was watching. Like I could, I like whenever they cut back, I was like, I, I know what it's like to watch this movie. I don't need the cues to be like, oh my God and stuff. Like it was so, it was annoying. But that so was much. the commentary. It's like, look how like exploitation uh, will watch anything. And then it turns into real murder. And it's like how some kids were like cheering when people were getting murdered. And, but like yeah. also um, they were texting sarah to help her mm-hmm. get out of this mm-hmm. ginormous suburban house which in any other halloween movie is not that big it was literally as big there's as a, a mental asylum <laughs> like once they get into the west there's like and there's a gate yeah in the there's basement. <laughs> anyways but the texts were like he's in the house and she's like shit thanks for your help it's like yeah you're in the house there's the house is <laughs> big uh, lots of people are in the house <laughs> she's not like he's yeah, in he the sent house her like, good he sent her like three text messages and at the end of the movie she's like you saved my life and I'm like yeah nah, not really buster rhymes saved your life yeah buster rhymes character arc was like i learned that i'm not going to exploit teens for my danger tv web station but really he was just cool the whole time and uh, can yeah. I say one thing? Yeah. Okay, so I'm sorry. We're, I think we're distracting from Cody talking about the plot, but you people listening know what the plot is. It's like <laughs> kids are getting stabbed by Michael Myers. He escaped from the mental institution again. The only added bonus on that is the reality TV aspect to it, mm-hmm. um, and which Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks run. Um, yes. But at the very end of the movie, the main character, Sarah, who I liked because you know in every one of these kind of slasher flicks there's at least one or two girls where you're like you have a crush on and you're like go you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> but she if you watch rewatch it at, at the scene where they're rescued by the paramedics and, and the police she's standing there looking sad and buster rhymes is talking over her all the time the main character doesn't even get to say anything at the end of the movie she'll be like looking at a dead body of Michael Myers. And then Buster Rhymes is like, damn, yo, that fucking sucks. Hey, come on, let's get out of here. It's all about me. Peace. <laughs> and I, I think, 
I think that Buster Rhymes' character was supposed to die. And I, I'm pretty sure that he he um, was like, if I'm coming on, I want to be producer. I want to write my lines and I don't want to die. I want to be the one that defeats Michael Myers, basically making himself the main character. Yeah. And I want to be like an expert at karate. I want to do a roundhouse kick to Michael Myers in the face. I want to kick him against. So he flies back and hits the wall. <laughs> Can you imagine wanting Busta Rhymes in your movie that badly that you'd just give it all up? <laughs> yeah i know it really did feel like that especially halfway through didn't it like the scene where he's watching um a kung fu movie in his hotel room the mm-hmm. you could tell the producers or writers literally like well we have to show uh, one scene where he clearly likes kung fu i guess because <laughs> he's gonna kick michael Myers's ass later on <laughs> Like that's yeah, they the have only to set that up that somehow. Yeah. yeah, and it's not even that he's like taking a kung fu lesson. He's like watching a kung fu movie, and that's that's what makes it make more sense that he defeats Michael Myers, this undefeatable um, killer, with a roundhouse kick. Yeah, like he's watching the movie in the hotel room, and he's going like, "Whoa, kick his ass! Yeah, kick his ass!" And then the main character Sarah is at the door. And he's like, what's wrong, girl? And she's like, I'm scared or whatever. And he's like, nah, don't be scared. And then he closes the door like, ooh, I got to go back and watch my Kung Fu movie. (laughs) So was that scene to show that Sarah is having her doubts about the house? Or was it about establishing that Buster Rhymes is a Kung Fu freak? They're they're killing two birds with one stone. It's 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 a master uh, class in in, in screenwriting, I think. I think Sorkin wrote this. (laughs) Yeah. Damn, I wish yeah, we could talk the, about Chicago 7, but I haven't like watched it yet because the trailer makes me sick. Yeah, I, I I have such an allergy to so many actors in that movie. Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, Eddie Redmayne, mm-hmm. Jeremy Strong, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's just like a murderer's row of people I don't like to watch. I personally like Jeremy Strong, but his um, costume in that movie really takes me out of it. It looks yeah. like a Halloween costume for a hippie. And and I, I watched the trailer and the the affectation he's doing with his voice, the accent is like really annoying from what I saw. I I don't know if I can take a full movie of that. I know he's just a supporting character, but I don't know. I I have an aversion to these these things. I don't even think Aaron Sorkin understands or has relationships with human beings too. He kind of like writes and dialogue and makes scenes that seemed like this sort of like secluded uh, savant billionaire savant who just like i don't know like you know he he writes dialogue mm. and scenes like uh, how a, a person has a tea party with stuffed animals <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i'm like he's only that's... ever he's only ever talked to lawyers in his life um <laughs> uh, yeah I, but that being said i would love to see an aaron sorkin written Halloween movie that would that would be pretty fun to see wordy. yeah it would be wordy it would have wordy lessons has, about wor- America in it <laughs> that are actually confusing yeah <laughs> I, I mean that would be you wouldn't get the action in there I guess maybe he would build the suspense through dialogue throughout it until Michael Myers shows up at the very end <laughs> right and what would Michael Myers represent, you know? Like, uh, America would have know. to come together to defeat Michael Myers. 
Yeah, Martin Sheen. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Sheen would play Michael Myers. <laughs> Should we um, talk more about this movie? It really sucks so bad. <laughs> and yeah. I will I will tell like uh can I just tell you uh, everybody what I told you is like Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend worked for like I don't know Alliance Atlantis or something like that way back in 2002 and gave me free passes, two free passes to the movie. So I went with a friend and they gave a little speech at the beginning and I actually got uh Michael Myers like one of those Todd McFarlane toy dolls as a prize because I won some quiz or something. Because the answer is probably like, I don't know, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, you know, <laughs> I forget. It was pretty easy. John Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween. Uh, <laughs> and then I won a toy. And an interesting side note is the very first commercial I acted in uh, in 2003 or something was the DOP was... Uh, Dean Cundy, who's like a legendary DOP, mm -hmm. worked with like Spielberg and John Carpenter on like a lot of their hits and still works to this day. You can see like his and, name on and huh? the original Halloween. The original Halloween, I think he did the th yeah, the thing, he did Jurassic mm -hmm. Park, like all kinds of crazy stuff. I, I recently the watched the, but I anyways, recently watched the fog. Uh, the fog you know the fog? Yeah, is that Dean Cundy? Yeah, it's one of the best looking movies of all time. Like I, I was like watching and I was like, I'm hard pressed to think of a movie that does that looks better than this movie. It's it's incredible. I know like people who are aware of John Carpenter, like love it. But I still think, yeah, as a like a scary movie, it's underrated. Yeah. Is the Cody, star Cody. Adrian Barbeau or whatever the name is? Adrian Barbeau. Yeah, yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis and Tom Atkins are in it and. I think that's why, are. like, I feel like Adrian Barbeau, sorry, I'm like a real chatterbox about movies, mm -hmm. as you can tell, but I feel like Adrian Barbeau, for some reason, I don't think that the public as much thought she had as like a star power as much as like some weird 70s style smoky execs did. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a decision not made by the people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's sort of like when... Uh... <laughs> when the studios were like trying to make Josh Hartnett a huge star, I guess girls loved Josh Hartnett, but I, I just like, yeah. cause I'm thinking also about like how he was in, he, they tried to make Josh Hartnett the, the Jamie Lee Curtis of H2O. And I don't think that he was mm. up to the task. Well, you know what? He would disappeared for a while because of that. I think he's not like super dynamic as an actor, but he killed it on um, that show what's it called uh where they did the penny, penny dreadful yeah he was okay he didn't kill it but he was totally functional <laughs> on penny dreadfuls i was surprised <laughs> which is which is all you can ask of an actor <laughs> yeah eva green was like doing all this insane stuff i really yeah. love that show actually yeah eva green like had sex with an invisible man which was like the craziest sex scene because she's just like naked on a bed and like reacting to uh the invisible man having sex with her do you remember and that her scene? vagina is moving like something's going in and out like how does an actor do that it's a it's it's a it's it's a true talent i was like Imagine whoa the really that's really good <laughs> uh, yeah yeah that's it uh, an all-time uh, Mr. Skin favorite. 
But um, so my friend, director friend, Derek Horn, who worked with Dean on a few shoots, knew about my Halloween Michael Myers toy that I won at the Halloween Resurrection premiere or whatever. Uh, and uh, Dean Cundy said he wanted it because he is the original DOP from Halloween. He's like, oh, I always wanted one of those, but I can't find it. And so for, he bought it off me for like 20 bucks or something. I was like, no, no. But my friend Derek insisted like, no, he wants to pay for it. So weirdly enough, that free Michael Myers, Todd McFarlane style toy that I won, Dean Cundy has it now <laughs> because he heard That's I so had cool. it. So my DNA is in Dean Cundy's house. <laughs> what did you do to that? <laughs> I mean, sticky fingers, I oh, guess, sticky. at most. Sticky fingers, yeah. Imagine Dean Cundy like, made, a, made a Chris Lock clone. That would be sweet. And then just like, oh, wait, but the clone like becomes a famous actor and I don't. <laughs> well, I was also thinking, like, what if, like, you gave the toy to Dean Cundy and it was like a Halloween resurrection toy and not like from the original one. He's like, it's a dangertainment Michael Myers. See, look, and there's Buster Rhymes there, right? Right there. I think it was. Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> yeah, it's like here, you can have a toy version. You just paid 20 bucks for like a shitty version of. Yeah, I like to play games like this where like you go to the set of the original Halloween where I recently read, like, watched the Zoom call between Jamie Lee Curtis and Nev Campbell. Oh, yeah. And, I watched clips, yeah. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was like, we didn't know. Nobody knew that Halloween was going to be this big of a hit. Like, mm -hmm. not one person on set was like, oh, there's going to there's gonna be Halloween costumes for 40 years. So we're going to be making sequels 40 years from now. They're gonna, still going to be making money. And I, I would love to just go on set in 1977 when they filmed it and just be like hey just so you know in 2001 there's a movie going to be out called uh, Halloween Resurrection and a guy called Buster Rhymes is going to be the main character and uh, he's going to be putting on a reality show called Dangertainment starring Michael Myers yeah and then Dean Cundy's like oh okay that's and, it, and they'll be like, yeah. But you know what you would do? You would movie. ruin the legacy because it would get in their heads and they wouldn't put all the love into it and they would try to control it more. Might just you quit. Blew it. <laughs> they you would change. Yeah. They, they they add a line about dangertainment into yeah. Halloween 1978. <laughs> they put like, oh, baby Busta Rhymes in the original movie. <laughs> Yeah. And this is the scene where Michael visits the baby bust. <laughs> yeah. Woo -ha! It's the first right. time ever. Cody, Cody, you have to finish uh, talking about the plot of the movie. I've oh, gone sorry. over it at this yeah, point. Yeah, they know. They know. <laughs> like, what it's is like, this? <laughs> the kids have to walk through Michael Myers' house with uh, cameras sticking out of their ears, like minor flashlights. Mm -hmm. and which they're mostly and, using to stare at girls' boobs yeah there's some good looking girls in it sorry to be a crass pig but mm. every horror movie you know there's guys and girls for everybody yeah. to eye candy you know in this one there's Buster Rhymes for the, uh, for the ladies Buster Rhymes for the ladies and that American Pie kid who's yeah. always like doing that 
Remember that was really popular back then, that pursed lip thing, the kind of like puckered lip, like, mm, why are you so crazy, girl? Mm. Right. <laughs> it's like all the all the guys are such creeps in this movie. Like every yeah. every guy pervy moment. Well, they have to and, be. And right? I think some of them are Canadian because it was filmed in Vancouver, yeah. British Columbia. Yeah, yeah. Oh. A lot of the late period, like late nineties, early two thousands, Halloweens and um nightmare on elm streets and uh, uh friday the 13th has a lot of these canadian actors in them like it's mm. like like friday the 13th yeah me too friday the 13th nine through through nine eight nine ten and freddy versus jason all have the most canadian looking actors in it yeah jason it's x was here my friend him. worked on it as a pa i think yeah oh really yeah. What was Jason? What was Jason Voorhees like? <laughs> Scary. Or, or <laughs> he killed Jason my Max. friend. <laughs> <laughs> he took him into outer space and killed him. Uh, well, Cody, we haven't heard from you. I just, I'm just trying to get you talking about. about Sorry, Michael. I'm a chatterbox your... today. I didn't know. Uh, me too. I was thinking because uh, Chris said uh, British Columbo, and then it made me think that every horror movie would be better if just our hero was Columbo. Yeah. Um, solving all of these crimes all the time. Not just not just any Columbo, British Columbo. British Columbo, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I want the P- Columbo. Peter Falk with an English accent. <laughs> oh God. I want him. You want to be Columbo. Every movie would be do like you... the Changeling. I do like that movie. Mm-hmm. With Good the George C. Ghost story. George C. Scott. Yeah, but he has a, a very Columbo performance in that. Mm-hmm. Cody, have you seen The Exorcist 3? Um, no, I haven't actually. I think that one was suggested to me at some point, but I didn't see The Exorcist that's 3. A, that's another uh, great George C. Scott horror performance. <laughs> I haven't seen that one either, and I, I heard it's actually really good. It, it, it's it's really good. It's it. I, I mean, I love the original, but like... And it's like completely different from the original, but it, it like it, it it's a great sequel to it. Yeah. You should uh, check it out and all you Survivor fans out there, be sure to check out the Exorcist Three. <laughs> what what if George C. Scott is one of the mass singers this year? That would be strange because he's dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I also when Buster Rhymes was under was under there, I was sure that it was old Dirty Bastard. And then like after Buster Rhymes was unmasked, I, I looked up old Dirty Bastard and I, I I realized that he was dead. Are you serious? You didn't know that he was dead? I think I knew he was dead, but I just I guess I forgot because it sounded so much like him. Damn, that hurts. I used to love old Dirty Bastard. I'm more from a Wu Tang era than you, I think. Oh yeah. Well, I remember I I, I like old old dirty bastard and wu-tang i mean i haven't listened to that to them in years and years but back in I, high school I, I i had me and my me and my uh hood rat friends really loved yeah. wu-tang my favorite rappers back in high school were old dirty bastard and uh old shitty fuck face <laughs> and buster rhymes <laughs> yeah and old buster rhymes shithead yeah and he added an extra word to his name i was i was just calling um i actually Busta... like i'll just tell Go you on. uh i actually this is how 
old school I am. I knew Buster Rhymes from way back when he was in his crew called Leaders of the New School. And he helped Tribe Called Quest blow up with his killer verse on their song called Scenario, which is from okay. 1991. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've been a fan since probably 90 of Buster Rhymes. Did this so, make you proud, this um, movie? I was proud when I saw it in 2002. At this point, like, <laughs> Buster Rhymes' like, solo career was reaching a crescendo, I believe. <laughs> um, at this point, watching it last night, I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so now I you, really did... don't care. I mean, love you, Buster Rhymes, but it's not a good movie. Sorry. Now, Chris, just to set it up again, to go back to what I was talking about earlier, if you go back to 1991 to them record that iconic recording of the song scenario. Do you guys even know the song I'm talking about? No, no. I'm going to all look it up. Um, oh, my God. Uh, That's how old school I am. Yeah. It yes. was so big. It was no, like I'm, so big. I'm certainly interested in it. And um, maybe I've heard it. I don't. I probably haven't. But uh, um, <laughs> don't listen to uh, it. Who cares? Live your life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just to go back you go to that recording and you you tap mm -hmm. Buster Rhymes on the shoulder and just and say just so you know you're going to have like a great career and then you're going to be in Halloween Resurrection as Freddy and you're going to do uh, Dangertainment mm -hmm. with uh, Michael Myers and then 19 years from then you're going to be on The Mass Singer um, mm -hmm. and you're going to be the first one out of that reality show yeah that's really sad Buster as would say to that um i think he'd say um i'm sad <laughs> I, oh, oh oh okay He's like, and also that mass singer will be in the pandemic buster Rogers will be like yo i'm sad <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be like that's sweet that you're being honest about what just happened buster i I think if you just told Buster Rhymes in the 90s that the 90210 kid's going to outwrap him by audience vote, he, he quits. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, or maybe yeah. maybe that influenced him to, to spit such a uh, wonderful verse in the song scenario. Like he was so emotionally charged after Chris telling him all this. Um, about his, the future of his career that he was influenced to make such an iconic verse. What? <laughs> can I tell you one more thing? I can tell you a lot of things, but another thing about Halloween Resurrection that really bugged me mm -hmm. was, okay, so I liked Sarah. I was rooting for her. Uh, to be honest, I had a crush on her. I thought she was pretty. Very um, crass. Very crass, Chris. This is not that kind of show. Well, I guess I stopped myself from being crass, to be honest. But she's pretty. And I feel like these days, in our political climate, saying a woman is pretty could be, like, hurt people's feelings. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but And I also, the, the movie was produced by the Weinstein brothers. Yes, I did notice that. As, as I when... Uh, a real-life Michael Myers. And yeah, his exactly. knife... <laughs> well the, the there's two characters that are dressed as uh 
jewels and whatever from uh, Pulp Fiction, and then one of them turns to the other one and says, do you think anyone will know that we're dressed as the guy from Pulp Fiction? Yeah, I noticed, yeah. I'm like, oh, God, shut up, Weinstein. Is that their big hit? Is that what made them the famous producing team? I know. I they... think that's probably, yeah, I think that's what put them on the, mask, on the map. I know that he's been, screen. like, by uh, Tarantino's side his whole career. Like, mm-hmm. But anyways, the thing is this. When her and Buster Rhymes are fighting Michael Myers in that garage type area, um, where and then Tyra Banks is just inexplicably like obviously Michael Myers did it, but we just find her hanging there, right? Yeah, um, we don't actually, we never got to see that action, did we? She's just there hanging. No, she's killed off screen, yeah. Yeah, I did, so, I missed that she even died. Yeah, yeah, they, they, it's a quick cut to her hanging, and Sarah's like ah and then it's she gone. slips on her blood first oh yeah that's right the blood is tyra banks's blood figured more prominently in the film than her <laughs> yeah um but then in sarah her, she dances she dances while making a cappuccino yeah while trying to escape oh yeah that was pretty sweet and there was blood inside her at that time waiting to get out. Yeah. um <laughs> but when they quit like when sarah's stuck on the floor and all the things fall on her and she is covered in blood, and Tyra Banks' blood, and she's trying to escape. She can't move because audio equipment is on her leg, and it's yeah. literally like a preamp. Mm-hmm. You could push it. She could have pushed it right off. That was you really could lift your leg, well. and it would fly off. <laughs> yeah, she just needed to flex her thigh a bit, and it would have just put, been pushed off. It's literally um, the size of an amp that, like kids in a high school garage rock band would use to record their demo (laughs) (laughs) like it's fine sarah so i i thought of a couple jokes while watching this movie actually okay so with the tyra banks connection made me think of this i was like oh uh, america's next up michael damn what is this america's next up michael and then i also thought of this because i thought the redhead girl looked a bit like julianne moore and that's the other girl I had a crush on. Yeah, so it was like Julianne Moore, and then looking at her, I was like, well, more like Julianne Less. Yeah. But you have to think she looks like Julianne Moore first. <laughs> well, somebody, if somebody... I think you should save that joke for the real Julianne Moore. <laughs> well, yeah. I'll, I'll and then, and then, and and then say the joke when Julianne Moore does something crappy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sorry, no, imagine uh, I, Joel. I'm imagine just I met up your stuff here. I'm, I met Julianne Moore, and the first thing I said to her was, "Have you seen Halloween Resurrection?" <laughs> the one girl that takes her top off, like, yeah, looks like you. <laughs> um, that scene too. I, I don't. She takes off her camera to be like, "Oh, we can't mm-hmm. have anyone see," but then positions it in the corner to give everyone a better view. Yeah, and Busta Rhymes, that's a terrible scene. And Busta Rhymes, and except for, you know, she's, anyways. But the Busta <laughs> Rhymes and Tyra Banks have a whole thing rigged where right where they're making out, a, the, a wall breaks open and skeletons land on them. It's like, <laughs> good trick. The rest of the house doesn't have any of those tricks. They just in the corner not, of a basement has that trick. It's the dumbest. It's not like Michael Myers has ever been that subtle of a killer to like hide bodies. Like he's like never been that. That's never been his mo to hide bodies in a wall. Like he's well, that always... was Dangertainment's like gag. Yeah, 
basically. Yeah. But still, it's like. And then the other gag was just like a coloring book with weird drawings. <laughs> right, and uh, and the the high the high chair with the the belt and stuff on it, which oh yeah, I guess I guess isn't canon. You know, like because uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, not much backstory has been given much about Michael Myers's upbringing unless you watch those Rob Zombie movies, and maybe Rob Zombie like saw that like high chair in Halloween Resurrection and was like, I want to make a movie about that. I didn't watch mm-hmm. a minute of this movie thinking is this canon. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, let's we the, should talk about the intro actually with the Jamie Lee Curtis mini short film yeah, in it. That's definitely not canon that scene. That scene is so stupid. Well, I love what David Gordon Green and Danny McBride did with their remake. Me too. I, Me too. I actually really um, like that film. Yeah. I I I love the 2018 Halloween. It's probably my favorite sequel of the yeah. whole franchise. And I mean, I'm I'm of the mind where I'm like I don't love the Halloween franchise. I love the first movie, and I think the sequels aren't that good. I I think the second one was still fun. When I was growing up, I didn't know anything about John Carpenter versus not John Carpenter. When I was like a kid, right. I saw one and two back to back, and for some reason, I thought one and two back to back made sense then when i got a bit older and saw like the ones with like paul rudd and stuff i was like that one with oh yeah these ones are clearly shit yeah yeah but Um, for some reason growing up i thought two still complimented one a bit but i was a kid but i think that those guys doing a sequel to just the first one was great and the way they brought back jamie lee curtis was great it's a good idea too because two is the movie that that uh like like says like oh Lori is Michael's sister uh, kind of arbitrarily oh yeah really yeah so so going into 2018 they don't have to say that Michael is her is her brother at all so that like that just like opened them up to do whatever with that because that's what really kind of bogs down the sequels is that it's like brother versus sister and like in my head I'm like I'd rather them not be brother and sister. And like my favorite sequel other than the 2018 one is actually Halloween three. That doesn't even have Michael Myers. Yeah. Season of the witch. I I still haven't seen that. And that was John Carpenter, right? He, he wrote it. He, he, he was heavily involved in it. It was actually Tommy Lee Wallace who directed it though. But he did want the Halloween series to be like anthologies. Anthologies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah. I hate, I hate that. I still haven't seen that because. I've heard it was actually really good as a standalone forever, it's ever. Great. And I still never checked it. I'll check it tonight. It has it has Tom Atkins from the from the fog in it. And Tom Atkins, for whatever reason, I just love that man. He is like just like this normal looking dad character who mm-hmm. is like in his movies is just like presented to be the sexiest man. <laughs> Like women like f- like fall over themselves to to get with Tom Atkins, who's just this like k- kind of large like fifty year old man with a mustache. Have, have you seen the Fog looking remake? The Fog remake? Yeah, I haven't seen. I think it. I did. I think it was no, like one I of those. I put it on remake. late at night and didn't pay attention. Hmm. How do you spell his name? Tom. Tom Atkins. I think it's with a with a T. A-T-K-I-N-S. Oh, got it, got it. 
Um, sorry, guys. I'm holding you up. Keep talking. Um, well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's also in. He's also in Maniac Cop. Hey, is he Canadian? Oh, he's Tom from Atkins? Pittsburgh. Yeah, but he's in My Bloody Valentine. Oh, like oh. a remake. Never mind. Oh, he's in the remake of My Bloody Valentine. I wa- yeah. I watched the 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 original Canadian My Bloody Valentine for the first time. It's awesome. Month. It's so it's the good. Best. It's there's really a heart. Fun. There's a heart in a box. Yeah, and uh, the guy opens the heart box and he's just like, "Oh damn, it's happening again." I laughed so hard at that line. <laughs> Canada was cool for a sec. When did uh, around that time? Like, when did Jamie Lee Curtis do Prom Night? Was that before or after Halloween? That was right after Halloween. And, there's something uh, that I love, and Leslie Nielsen's in that too. There's something yeah, yeah. that I love that um, her mom is like the most iconic like slasher murder scream in like the history of cinema and then jamie lee curtis is obviously awesome great actor and uh and but she's like totally cool like i'll scream in every freaking movie man stab me make me scream let's do it yeah she she, kind of like took on her mom's like essence in the films Mm -hmm. i uh I also really like the movie Terror Train that she was in early on there. Oh crap! I haven't seen. Have you seen Terror Train? Yeah, it's like pretty decent. She's in that. She's in. She's a great scream queen. She's a. She's a. An icon. You have Freaky Friday. That's freaky. Mm-hmm. For real. Yeah, she's she does scream in that movie. I, I would too. She's afraid of her daughter. <laughs> and her daughter stabs her to death when she's in her own body <laughs> i would love that one of those brain switching movies and then you just destroy the body you're in <laughs> but there's a new uh horror movie coming out with vince vaughn right it's like a horror comedy right and he's right uh, where he's a killer he's, he's a serial killer yeah with the it's basically like the hot chick but instead of being a robber He's a serial killer. Vince Vaughn mm. is a staunch uh, Republican. Really? Yes, he is. Oh, I, I actually just found that out the uh, when uh, Joel was on Spooked last. Mm. Yeah, with yeah, we discussed discussed uh, on Vince Vaughn's politics with Michael Balazzo. Disgust is right. <laughs> um, yeah, Balazzo we were, is the we best. We were in disgust. Yeah, Balazzo is the best. We uh, might me him and James might have a new surprise. Ooh. thing coming out very soon I, I can't promote it yet damn but you guys will love it yeah love that's that. uh that's a that's a an exclusive sc- scoop for our uh merge boot listeners um <laughs> that's very exciting to hear chris so can we talk um, about the opening scene with jamie lee curtis which is a yeah which is yeah not so canon and garbage i'll i'll, I'll um uh, kind of sum it up so at the yeah. end of halloween h2o uh, Jamie Lee Curtis effectively, sorry, Laurie Strode effectively kills her brother, Michael Myers. And then uh, the beginning of uh, Halloween Resurrection has to retcon this so that so that it necessitates a sequel. So they decide that she didn't kill her brother. She actually killed a paramedic who Michael dressed up as himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, thus, the, Jamie Lee Curtis is in a mental assignment, asylum, hasn't spoken for three years, which is stupid and and, yeah, and like she can speak, it's us, fine. It's given to us in the <laughs> in the dumbest exposition by two nurses. 
And then uh, who are speaking openly about this patient right in front of her, which is so unprofessional. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, there's a few uh, things there. Uh, It's clear that they're establishing Jamie Lee Curtis as a Lyndall Hamilton Terminator 2 style hero, too. Yeah, kind of. When she comes alive, like she comes alive when Michael Myers comes back on the scene, Mm -hmm. which he just walks up to the place after three years. Yeah, it, uh, it's so stupid, and then like, and it's so arbitrary that he just comes right now because it, he's just been missing for three years, and then there's a there's a patient that's like obsessed with serial killers there, and then yeah, and where's the clown mask? The, yeah, that clown mask is the only thing that's actually canon. It's the one that Michael Myers wore as a kid when yeah. he stabbed his sister in the first one. Right. Yeah. There's something with a Raggedy Ann doll, and I was like, is that from the original? I don't think it is, and she's no. like hiding her pills in a doll. And, um, but anyway, the dumbest thing about this is, is Michael kills, first of all, Lori set a, a trap for him and she almost kills him, but then, which was to, literally a trap from like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a bear trap where she caught his leg in a rope and, and hung him uh, upside down. <laughs> yeah. It's so dumb. Yeah. Before, in, instead of killing him, she goes to take off his mask, and he tra- traps her and kills her, and then she kisses him on the mouth. Of the mask. Of the mask. It's so stupid. I, I, I like, audi- audibly went, like, fuck that. Like, I was like, that's so stupid. And um, Fuck you, Buster Rhymes. <laughs> yeah, fuck this. I, like, I broke my Blu-ray right in half. Um <laughs> Uh, but then this is the dumbest thing. This is the thing that made me most mad is Michael Myers takes the knife that he's killed everyone with and gives it to that serial killer clown guy and, and like blames him, basically blaming the murder on him. And I'm just like, no, Michael Myers doesn't do that. He's not that smart to like try and like. Uh, oh, blame. I thought he was giving it to him as like a souvenir because <laughs> the guy was such a huge fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. You you're right. Because I couldn't. I thought he- I would never think that Michael Myers is like, hmm, time to strategize my way out of this. Yeah. He doesn't I, do that. He walks through bullets and knives and just kills everybody. <laughs> Even in the I movie think... later on, got out of hanging to death. Because mm-hmm. it's the movie It's the movie um, being like, first of all, sometimes I, I like cops in horror movies. Like I like seeing the way that uh, cops are dispatched in horror movies. And I think uh, mm-hmm. it's something that the Friday the 13th movies are pretty good at. Um, but uh, because the, the cops always seem to be taking it pretty seriously, but then they're like killed by Jason or something happens or whatever. And uh, I've watched a bunch of Halloween sequels recently and the cops are other than the fir- the one in the first um, ha- Halloween, the sheriff who takes it seriously all the cops are dumbasses in the Halloween franchise, and in this one, they, the like the cops are basically they try to retcon the cops out of the plot by making uh, Michael blame this these murders on this clown guy. But then when the kid is like watching all these people watching this reality show where pe- people are getting actually murdered and they're calling the police and the police are like, "We we need real emergencies. Don't call us." And he's like, "This is a real emergency." I'm like, "This." that cop like even though they're unseen it's like the worst 911 dispatcher in the history of movies it was making me so mad i remember that yeah this um i mean 
I was just looking at the uh, the trivia bits on IMDb, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis said that uh, she considered the film a joke, and John Carpenter stated that the he cringed the entire time. For sure. Um, uh, I, I, thought, I thought they both would have been very happy with this. <laughs> <laughs> they both made some money. I will say that every time, every time the, uh, um, uh, the Halloween like theme song plays by by John Carpenter, like it makes me like the movie better. Like that's how good that song is. But the song has this weird sort of like 2002 like dub effect to it, which really mm. sucks. Like. You know, like mm-hmm. ding, 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 ding. It's got like yeah, so, it's like, like industrial, it's, yeah. It's echoing, and then it's like they got this dub bass that's like, boom, 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 boom. it's like what? But the thing is, is like a movie like this, especially in a big Halloween franchise where the first one is so smart and fun and well executed. Really, what happens is he shows up out of nowhere, and uh, consistently in creative ways stabs all these people which are actually he stabs them a lot in ways that are like a throwback to the first one anyways like the guy getting stuck to the kitchen door and all that stuff just like you kind of have to stop and think like why are you watching this because and and why do the filmmakers think they're making this because there's not even jump scares so it's not even like that excuse for crappy horror movies sometimes where you're like Oh, it's like a haunted house ride, or so it's got. At least it's got that. Like, there's some good jump out scares. Like, they literally just show him chilling out and stabbing people. <laughs> like, it's not even jump scare like worthy. You know, like carnival ride. Like I said, and it's like now we're just watching this kind of like stabby porn. <laughs> yeah, and and it's yeah, like it's it's this weird way of being like, you know, this guy, you know what he does. Now watch him just chill out, put his feet up, and do it again. Well, we're waiting well, for and I, kung fu. The whole movie, we're just waiting for <laughs> kung fu, and and that's what the filmmakers thought. It's true. That was and the it, only spice to the movies. Like <laughs> someone did kung fu on Michael Myers. And as like uh, because I've 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 watched a few Halloween movies this year, I I like the the. Michael Myers getting kicked in the head by Busta Rhymes. That, that's I was like, oh my god, that, that's something I haven't seen. And at, at, at the very least, if I have to say something nice about that scene, it's like I have not seen that in a Halloween movie before. And if and that I was think, Busta Rhymes' input, sorry for saying fuck you, you rule. Yeah, yeah, good for you, Busta. But sorry, I cut um, you out. No, no, I, I mean, because you're talking about how Michael Myers as a killer is sort of boring and doesn't evolve very much. And they try to make him evolve in that Paul Rudd movie, the curse of Michael Myers. They try and make him this like cult figure. Who's like the, like the curse of thorn or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think what the, what makes the Friday the 13th franchise so much better than a lot of these franchises is that Jason just kind of evolves each each um, uh, installment just kind of evolves. They don't push him to be uh, like uh, crazier and crazier, except you go to Jason X and he's, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, I robot. know what you mean. Like, it's like, what's kind of cool about it is like Jason was this like weird supernatural being that blasted out of like a pond after a year or so or whatever. Um, or years, I mean, actually. But like, what I like, uh, yeah, Jason in the succession of the films is slowly rotting and becoming more and more of a supernatural creature. 
Whereas Michael Myers is just like a strong, demented man. Yeah, he's just a guy. Yeah, like, <laughs> and that stabs and, you with the same kind of butcher knife over and over again. Exactly, and like the filmmakers with Friday Thirteenth, whether it like you roll your eyes at this conceit or not, they're like each movie. It's about the kills, and it's about getting creative kills, and we like we we find creative ways to kill people. And that's why people come to watch Friday the 13th. It, it is what makes the Saw franchise kind of fun to watch uh, at a certain point, even though that gets a little annoying too, is like, it, it's the traps. It's like the fun ways to kill this person where Michael Myers doesn't really have that. And it, it should be the, the thing that makes uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street's uh, so fun too, but I feel like they kind of lose their way a bit through those sequels. Is the curse of Michael Myers the one that at the end of it sets up the ball for the uh, little girl to be the new one that he, he pursues? No. So in in four, it's called The Return of Michael Myers, and that has Daniel Harris as Jamie Lloyd and uh, yeah, okay, Laurie Strode's I got daughter. Them. I haven't seen those yeah. since I was a, they came out. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then on VHS. Basically, yeah, I watched I, I watched four, five, now eight, four, five, six, now eight, and then I also watched the Rob Zombie Halloweens, which were a very unpleasant experience. I really don't like. Oh God, I did not even watch the second one because the, yeah, you know, you it's the it. worst movie I've seen all year. It's it's like, I hated Halloween too, and I know that people like that movie a lot. Like there are people you know that why, like, Rob... think it's one of their Can... favorite ones. You know why I think Rob Zombie's horror movies don't fully work and aren't really, to me, they're not even sort of in the same sort of company as like good horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might be my, you guys might like some of his movies. I don't know. But the ones I've seen are like, he's indulging the psychopathy aspect so thoroughly and so clearly he enjoys that aspect of it like to me like the human there's no humanity in it ever mm-hmm. no. like he's not on the side of humans he's on the side of the psychopaths and it's just like super indulgent in that way like the only horror movie i could really see him fully enjoying uh as a kid like being influenced is like texas chainsaw massacre or something right because right. Because that is just like a savage, psychotic, you know, destroying of these kids. Yeah. And it's so yeah. creative in like the gore and et cetera. It's a, I love it. But like, he, I love it. Too. He seems yeah. to come from that. Like, he doesn't get why Halloween is good. He doesn't get why all yeah, these other did. horror movies are good. He's just like, I he, will freak you out with how psychotic I am you know yeah i think he 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 takes the the word horror so literally he's like oh you want horror well this is horror and i think that's what a lot of his fans say it's just like well his halloween movies are like actual serial killer movies this is what it would be like in real life i'm like it wouldn't really be like in that in real life like it's like yeah how yeah, do you t- know like <laughs> yes yeah, like slasher movies yeah sort of like uh, um glorify or like whatever you want to say like they 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 show these murders in a certain way that makes them uh, easier to um, swallow. And then Rob Zombie movies kind of make them harder to deal with. But also these characters are fucking assholes. Every character is unredeemable. And, and then the deaths are just so dramatic and gruesome and like sad a lot of the time. It's like, 
Jesus, calm down, man. Yeah, you're just hurting us. Like, yeah. funnily yeah. enough, in Halloween Resurrection, they mentioned Young's the shadow, like in psychology. Uh, I don't know if they mentioned Carl Young specifically, but they mentioned the students are learning about the shadow, right? And that's what I feel makes these slasher flicks so fun is they do become, a, the good ones become a carnival ride for us because they're appealing to the dark shadow within our own psychology. Like, you know, like there is horror, there is terror, there is a deep, deep well of fear in our unconsciousness and we access that. But he is not accessing it in that way. Like you say, he's saying, this is how a real psychopath would kill people and live their lives. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's not us. We don't know that. Yeah. When we see like running and being afraid of the dark and the evil that is actually buried within us all, that's what we identify with, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why these classic horror slasher killers are sort of like this manifestation of things that we are afraid of. Whereas this other thing is just gore porn and fucking jacking off in my but, opinion. Yeah. I think what is what is I think Rob right. Zombie I was gonna say kind of like made his own money, right? So I think these movies that he yeah. made are just to help his own image. Like he's making Good. them so we're like scared of him more so than we're scared of the movie. That's exactly yeah, great point. Uh I uh, I was gonna ask you, Chris. What does Carl Young say about uh, Buster Rhymes? There's a Buster Rhymes and deep. There's an archetype of Buster Rhymes in all of our unconsciousness. We can relate <laughs> to the uh, karate kick and party animal. We we all want desire to be like that uh, at cer certain points in our life. Um, there's the deep, dark, scary man coming to kill us, and then there's the karate man in us that karate wants to rapper. that wants to kick yeah the karate rapper that wants to kick the scary man away um, yeah to go back to rob zombie for a second i do like him in interviews though i don't want to i don't want to dunk on him too much because i, I kind of like you know think he's he's an he's probably an okay guy but he just makes movies that i just really disagree with hey to date myself again white zombie was blowing up right at the crucial point for me in my teens and thunder kiss mm -hmm. 65 and black sunday are like incredible songs and and i i don't think he's a bad guy or anything i think that like a lot of uh his like music era especially with like marilyn manson too it's about the image it's not about who they actually mm -hmm. are this is how they want to be portrayed kind of thing mm -hmm. i accidentally have you seen um a episode of cribs just like queued up on my youtube that I was watching and it was Rob Zombie's house. I was just about to, I was just about to bring <laughs> it up. That's like one of my favorite episodes of Cribs. <laughs> I'm somebody with a favorite episode of Cribs. Yeah. Uh, the Rob Zombie Cribs, like his house is fucking awesome. He has like a castle with all these posters and like, like life size dolls of like the creature from the Black Lagoon and stuff. It's like a horror museum. It's really cool. I, I didn't trust him because uh, he said when he moved in there, the hot tub and pool were broken and they, they still haven't fixed it and they'd lived there for like 10 years. I don't trust that. You're a hot tub guy? <laughs> I mean, if you have a hot tub, why wouldn't you just get it fixed? If there's anything well, I've the gleaned from Rob Zombie's horror movies is that uh, his work ethic seems to be like, mm, I'll get around to it. <laughs> well, there is that maybe he's afraid of hot tubs because in Halloween too, when uh, Michael turns up the heat and then puts the 
girl like and the and the hot tub starts boiling and then he he starts dunking the girl in and out of the 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 hot tub as it's boiling until her skin mm-hmm. falls off that freaked the crap maybe out that's of me. maybe I, that's why yeah i mean maybe it freaked the crap out of rob zombie as well that's why i don't think rob zombie ever tubs. watched the halloween movies other than his own <laughs> yeah 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 you're I, right <laughs> I, I kind of agree with you yeah he's like i kind of get it yeah marilyn manson um, was like all this like ooh, imagine a priest was into the De- demons and devils and so he kind of like exploited that aspect of horror and rob zombie was like the dripping dank basement with the bloody knives of a psychopath like he kind of yeah built that world out yeah marilyn manson uh took his ribs out so he could suck his own dick and rob zombie like <laughs> twisted his hit his, his spine around so he could eat his own ass <laughs> does he still have dreads uh, I, think, I don't know. Probably. Marilyn Manson got his rib removed so he could suck his own dick. Rob Zombie got a bunch of dicks surgically implanted onto his dreads so they could just <laughs> dangle in front of his face and he could suck them. <laughs> suck them like a sort of weird psychopath's child's like mobile. <laughs> you know who also has dreads is Buster Rhymes, but he uh... he kept them tidy in this film though. Yeah, and he's also, you know, entitled to them. Rob Zombie, it's a little weird. Um, well, Rob Zombie's entitled to them too because his shtick is "I'm a dirty man." Yeah, he doesn't have <laughs> your traditional dreads. He just has hair that's never been washed. Yeah, hair from hell. <laughs> they look like lizard legs. Yeah, lizard tails coming out of his head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dragging is there anything the... else? That's a good huh? song. I don't know. It's a good it song. Good. I was gonna say, uh, how long have we been talking for, Cody? Like uh, yeah, probably a while, hour. right? Probably an hour. Yeah, we got. Two... I have to pee, but we can cover other stuff if you want. Sure, we can take a, a pee break. Me and Cody can keep talking. Really? How long <laughs> is want... this podcast? I mean, I I think I, we I should. You, I thought you were suggesting more so than we can only... wrap it up. <laughs> No, I thought if there was one other thing you wanted to, I don't know. Like, is there what else no, should we I, cover? Well, I I've been trying to get podcasts to be like, you know, four or five hours long. So which is um, like different, which will make it stand out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, just so you know, so we long. Have... <laughs> but because uh, you did pose this, I uh, we didn't talk about this, but Joel posed last week. Um, asking our audience if they wanted the podcast to be longer. I said an hour is a good time. They, uh, Joel was saying, no, two to three hours. Uh, should we do this thing longer? And I did get a couple messages about this saying, no, an hour is good. I yes. don't want this to be longer. <laughs> well, I guess uh, you think you know your audience. And uh, what I'm, what I'm going to pose is if you think that uh, we you don't want longer episodes. I want you to just stop listening to the podcast. Uh, the, no, the, the thing is, uh, <laughs> Joel, that you have to think about that people enjoy other podcasts, right? They can't listen to us for three hours. There's other great podcasts out there like Happy Good with Chris Locke. Yeah, they have to listen to mine because after this one, they have to cleanse themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Happy Good is a very relaxing but mostly funny, silly, stupid podcast. It's only a half an hour. <laughs> that's so perfect it's, it's real easy to do <laughs> and we're but and, if you, uh, yeah. but, 
but if you listen to a bunch of them in in a row it's more like four or five hours right yeah and then you there you go then you've got the brain of rob zombie after and you think like a psychopath (laughs) (laughs) is is that how you're you're selling it i'll make you listen to happy good with chris lock i'm gonna make you a psychopath (laughs) yeah listen to it too much you become a psychopath listen to it in little doses the opposite what's the opposite of a psychopath um uh uh, betty white i'll say (laughs) the um Um, well chris uh, chris has it uh has it down here uh and that's why he's an absolute legend he leaves the audience wanting more we want them never wanting to listen to this thing again exactly we can't wait hope we covered um Halloween resurrection enough. We digressed a lot. I think we did though, right? Our opinions are fully out there. I think in the Survivor I think podcast we, talked about- we covered it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I will say uh, us being a Survivor podcast, there is a Survivor reference in Halloween Resurrection. A oh, really yeah. stupid one where he says, "Well, I'm going to vote you off the island" or something like that. Um which and survival was very part of the zeitgeist at this time when this movie came out. But anyway, we're wrapping up. Chris, thanks again for coming out uh, to be on the show. Thanks for having me. It was great. I'm glad to, to talk horror movies anytime. Yeah, for sure. And uh, everyone, I hope you're having a good October. And uh, there was no mass Singer this week. So we'll get back to you next week, um, hopefully with a special guest. And uh, to talk about who's under that mask. Um, and uh, yeah, they 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 canceled the show for this week because of baseball. I saw a headline that was like the shocking reason there's no mass singer this week. And I clicked it. I was like, oh, my God, did popcorn die or something and uh, or something like that. Uh, but um, but that didn't happen. It's all good. So please uh, rate, review, subscribe, leave us a five star review and leave a little review. And uh, tell us if you want three, four hour episodes or if you'd rather them to be short and and stupid. Uh, And uh, again, thank you so much for listening. And uh, everyone, thank you for joining. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.